Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 5 called Let My People Go. So let's open our Bibles there if you have a device to open up. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. Let my people go. You guys may have heard that uh, Pastor James Coates in Alberta, Canada, has been arrested for keeping his church open during COVID. Uh, He got some warnings from the Canadian government. Uh, They were saying, you know, we want you to be at this small percentage and Uh, you got to follow the rules and everything we've been hearing about that's happening in America. But James felt that he he needed to keep his church open in obedience to Jesus Christ. And his wife was recently interviewed by Justin Peterson, and she said that they do one service on a Sunday morning, and that their church then, after they do the service fellowship, sometimes till three or four in the afternoon. She said, that's just the type of church that they are. They love to hear the word of God, worship together, and then they talk about the word of God and share a meal together, and it goes on for hours. They just love each other. And he said, she said, basically, which people would we leave out of that service? If you're asking us to do 10 or 15% of the people, which ones should come and which ones shouldn't? So in obedience to Christ, they kept the church open. They got more and more warnings. The health officials were making their commentary, and eventually, uh, James was asked, uh, he, he preached a final sermon on Romans 13 to talk about the role of government. The role of government is to promote good and stem the tide of evil. And the, they then asked him to turn himself in. So James Coates, Pastor James Coates, is now in jail for keeping his church open. And the way that he can get out of jail is to sign a release saying that he will no longer pastor his church or keep his church open. So that's the sad reality. So please pray for him and his family. Update. We're going to just send the kids out these doors. Okay. So kids, you can go out the center doors to your classrooms and then go up the stairs to the left. So let's have the kids go on out. As they go out, I just want you to be thinking about Pastor James and his family. They have two boys, 18 and 11. And uh, those two boys are, uh, you know, hurting Uh, The wife is hurting, and it's been decided there was an appeal made to the court, and the court decided that they're not going to release James until the trial, so he will be in jail until May, uh, which means he will miss Easter with his family, and he will be away from his church fellowship. And this is happening in Canada, and I know you guys have heard about the fines being levied against Mike McClure in Santa Clara County, over a million dollars in fines, and on and on it goes. And so um, I couldn't help but think, as James Coates is in prison in Canada, let my people go. Enough is enough. Pastors should not be in prison for opening churches to minister to people. And by the way, When his wife was interviewed, she said, we don't know anybody that's died of COVID, but we know people who have lost friends, five to seven friends in some cases to suicide. But nobody addresses those issues. And so I think the church is just trying to do its best while obviously doing online services for those who could be compromised with their health. It's trying to be wise at the same time, but, but 
realizing that this is an important time for the church to be preaching the gospel. So please, I, I just would ask you to keep James in your prayers. Keep his family in your prayers. I know there are churches rallied around them and it's been amazing to see what the body of Christ will do. And I will tell you, God has exploited it for good as churches in Canada, all over Canada, are opening because they've been inspired by the story of James Coates. Yeah. And James is only a 41-year-old pastor. Uh, I believe he went to the master's seminary, so he trained here in, in California. And his assistant pastor, I heard preach... Uh, just a, on a recent Sunday in his absence, and I think he's also from the Master's Seminary. So these guys are local boys that went up to Canada to plant a church, and here we are, you know, dealing with what we're dealing with. And I, I just would say it again, let my people go. When Jesus uh, proclaimed his ministry in Luke chapter 4, he was quoting from the book of Isaiah, and he said that he had come to preach good news to the poor, to set the captives free. That's kind of a quick synopsis of what he said there. He came to open the prison doors to set the captives free. He's the ultimate deliverer. He's the ultimate Moses. And we're going to watch now as Moses confronts the Pharaoh. And we're going to conclude our time together with a moment of communion. We pick up the account in Exodus 5.1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh... Thus says the Lord, Exodus 5.1, the God of Israel, let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. Now, if you've been with us in the book of Exodus, uh, God has said earlier to Moses that Israel is my son, my firstborn. And Israel was already in a covenant that was pictured in circumcision on the eighth day, and that's recorded in Genesis 17. And as God dealt with Abraham, and then you had Isaac and Jacob, and then eventually Moses uh, comes from that, uh, from the nation of Israel, and he is a leader. He's from the Levitical line, that is the line of priests. He's to go to the Pharaoh, and he is to ask for God's people to be released. And remember, they've been in Egyptian captivity for some 400 years. It's been a long time. There's been a lot of crying out to God and a lot of pain and anguish and a lot of death. And I want to remind you with the word afterward in verse uh, one of chapter five, there are several things that have happened. By way of reminder, Moses has responded to the call of God at the burning bush. He's had fear and reservation. He's asked his what if questions. He's made his excuses. God has reassured him that Aaron would help him. Moses went to his father-in-law courteously, according to that uh, custom or culture, Jethro, asked that he be released to go back to Egypt. And then on the way, God did some cutting away. <laughs> uh, if you were with us last week, we saw that obscure text about the emergency circumcision of Gershom along the way as God sought to kill Moses. And I shared with you last week that there's a principle in Scripture, and it's this. If you're going to be used by God, God wants to cut away the things that belong to the flesh. We have a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. It's still the reality for believers who are in the new covenant with God. And so Moses is on the way, and God, it says, sought to kill him, and his wife intervened for him, and there was a circumcision that occurred, and then God's wrath, you know, uh, moved away from Moses. 
And this is the, you know, some of the highlights of the afterward. And then finally, as they get to the elders of Israel, they tell them about God's mission. They show some of the signs. There's a beautiful, what I call the doxology, a living doxology. Look at verse 30 of Exodus 4. Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. He then performed the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them, Exodus 4.31, about the sons of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed low and they worshiped. A beautiful scene of worship. God cares about me. My response is to worship. And so now they have finally come to the moment, to the contest, if you will, let my people go. And I want you to see a scene behind the scene for a moment, because I've been telling you, sharing with you that the Bible has something called typology. And types are pictures of another reality, probably we could say in the Old Testament, that reflect the church or the battle or the coming Messiah. So some pictures to remember in type. Pharaoh is a type or a picture of Satan. Egypt is a type or a picture of the world. The Egyptian taskmasters are a picture or a type of sin and how sin beats us down and causes slavery and so forth. And so this is the scene behind the scene. When Aaron says, let my people go, and Moses will say it as well, It's essentially God speaking through a human instrument. Set my people free. And I want you to notice that they're already called my people. They already belong to God. They're already in covenant with God. And here's what struck me about this. And this is kind of where we're going in this message. Is that it's possible to be in a new covenant relationship with the Lord. And still be in bondage to the old taskmasters of sin in your life. It's a battle. Amen. Even though we have received Christ, many of us, you know, we could say we were, and maybe this for some of you is history, born again, knew I was a Christian, got baptized, began to serve the Lord. And yet still there is a spiritual battle. There's a battle behind the battle here. Everybody seeing what I'm saying here? Satan doesn't want to release you so easily. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And this is kind of the the picture here is that the releasing of the believer into the full promises of God is a struggle. There has to be a cutting away of the flesh. There has to be a, uh, a full desire to surrender to the Lord. I want you to see something else, and it's just ahead of us in Exodus 12. If you turn there, this is the Passover uh, passage, and we'll go through this in a little bit, a study ahead of us. But here's what it says. I will, Exodus 12, 12, God speaking, go through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, Exodus 12, 12, and against all the gods of Egypt. There were some 3,000 gods that the Egyptians worshiped. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. And then he talks about the blood being assigned, the blood of the lamb. Here's what I want you to see. The ultimate contest is not between Moses and Pharaoh. It's between God and the false gods of Egypt. And since Egypt is a type of the world, it's about the false gods in our lives being demolished. 
It's about God wanting His people fully free. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series is called Trick or Treat, The Origins of Halloween. Some of the symbols that you see around you on this holiday, you'll see imagery of death, skeletons, skulls, black, all of this stuff ties to their thought that the veil was the thinnest on this night. And so they thought that somehow, if there was a chance to communicate with those who had moved on, those who had died, it would be on this night. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com, or you can subscribe and follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Since Egypt is a type of the world, it's about the false gods in our lives being demolished. It's about God wanting his people fully free. And as we live the Christian life, we know this is the struggle, right? We get saved. We know God is true. We've been born again. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But it is so easy to return back to our old sin. It's so easy to go back and be enraptured by the world or be somehow still under the taskmaster of the old ways. The sin that so easily entangles us, as the writer of Hebrews says. So God says, I'm going to go through and smash the idols of Egypt. This is what's going to happen. This is the scene behind the scene. I don't want you in Egypt one more day. And for all of us, we could say, you know what? During COVID-19, did God smash a few of your idols? In this last year, you know, a lot of questions have been asked about why. Why did God allow COVID-19? I'm not going to get into the cause of it. It happened. God can exploit it for his own good purposes. But how many idols of Americans were smashed during the first few months of COVID-19? You're like, oh, that's gone. That's gone. That's gone. That's gone. Then they want to close the church as well. It's like all of our idols were taken away. And some of us looked at each other and said, well, perhaps we need to get to know each other. Perhaps we should talk a little and catch up, right? And we'd have to be honest that, you know, sports and television and hobbies and going out and whatever it is that we do, even maybe our work schedule had become an idol. And all of a sudden, our idols were confronted and smashed. But you know how we are. We're just like the children of Israel. We can get wake-up calls and we can say, oh, I get it. I see what you're saying to me, Lord. But it's so easy for us to return right back to where we were, to go back to our old ways. Do you know that the, the good kings of Israel, and there, were, there weren't a whole lot in terms of, I'm talking about here, Judah. The good kings removed the foreign altars in high places from Israel, tore down sacred pillars, cut down the ashram, 
commanded Judah to seek the Lord God. This speaks of Asa. And if you're interested, 2 Chronicles 14, 2 through 7, chronicles what he did. And he commanded the people to observe the law and the commandment. He also removed the high places and incense altars from all the cities of Judah. And the kingdom was undisturbed under him. And the Lord gave him rest. And the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants the idols in our lives to be cut down, to be smashed, to be put away. But let's be honest with each other this morning. We know that sometimes we keep the idols close by for the next indulgence. I wrote a book called Suit Up Putting on the Armor of God. And in that book, I talked about how sometimes the things that we are are besetting sins, we leave them available for the next indulgence. And we're just playing a game with ourselves. We haven't taken drastic measures with sin to really cut it away, to really smash it, to really be done with it. We just put it in the closet for the next indulgence. But we fool ourselves into thinking, oh, I'm done with that. I'm not going to go back to that anymore. But we haven't taken the full measure that we need to take. So God says, I'm going to smash all the idols of Egypt. And each plague as we go through them is going to be a direct hit against the false god of Egypt. And it just makes me think about what we've been through in the last year and how many direct hits have come to our idols and whether or not we've gotten the message from God. But I will tell you that we're going to see that this is not going to be an overnight uh, situation. This is going to be a struggle. This is going to be a battle. There are going to be 10 plagues and there's going to be time that goes by and Pharaoh is not going to easily release the people in covenant to God. He's, he's going to say, no, I won't let them go. And you and I need to understand that sometimes when we're battling the God's small g that we've led into our lives, it's not going to be an overnight thing. For some of you, you were delivered from your old sins. You know, some of you have overnight stories, but for most of us, it takes a while. And God says, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me. I want them to worship me. I don't want them serving you, uh, Pharaoh or Satan. I want them serving me. And so they were to go out and celebrate the feast and a feast Uh, There's seven feasts listed in Leviticus 23, if you're interested. Some of the feasts have to do with past provisions that God had given to Israel that they celebrated with signs and symbols. Some of the feasts had to do with future provisions, like the Feast of Tabernacles, pictures God tabernacling among his people. It could be in the wilderness, but ultimately it's in the future. And so it was time for confrontation. There's an old spiritual by the, it's the song of African slaves, go down, Moses, way down to Egypt land and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord, verse two, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And besides, I will not let Israel go. Now, can you imagine Moses, Aaron? You've mustered up the courage. Finally, you get there. God's done a lot of things. You've made your share of excuses. You get there and you go, let my people go. Maybe you're feeling a little extra power and authority. Aaron is the first one that speaks it right. And you think, okay, here it is. Surely he's going to release his clutches from them and we're out of here. But God told him, no, he's not going to let the people go. There's, there's going to be, I'm going to 
do my wonders. This is going to be a battle. But, you know, sometimes we think we are in that instant society, right? It's got to happen now. You've been listening to Let My People Go, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 5. And if you missed any part of the program today, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, which is the church behind Walk in Truth, and that's where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies and free events, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. You can also learn about this Sunday's service and what the teaching will be on. Pastor Michael would love it if you came by for a visit. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app from your app store. And remember, it's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you've just heard the first part of Let My People Go, those famous words that ring in the book of Exodus. And it is my people, and God is calling through Moses to the Pharaoh, let them go. Let my people go. Well, where are we headed in this message? You've heard just the first portion of it. What about, you know, what's ahead? What's available on Monday? Well, what's available is you're going to see that it becomes harder before it gets easier. You're going to see that the Pharaoh is difficult to deal with, and our sin and the enemy and this world are not easy to deal with. You can't just say, okay, let me go. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And all of a sudden, just like a magic you know, formula or pill, it's gone. For some people, that's the way things happen. But for most of us, let my people go is the first cry. But we have an enemy And uh, it can become harder sometimes before it gets easier. But remember, the people do uh, experience freedom. It takes 10 plagues. It takes Pharaoh, you know, with his manipulations and his excuses. But eventually, you can have a lot of the difficulty of your life in the rearview mirror because God is faithful. Well, here we are coming up on on the weekend. And it's always a wonderful time to be thinking about fellowshipping in person It's the Lord's day. Give him that day. Get into a local fellowship. If you are able enough with the watching on a screen, if you've become lazy, look, if you got no other options, it's a great thing to have. You can even watch services later on all the ministries that do, you know, a YouTube type of thing. However, it does not replace fellowship. Being there, hugging people, praying with people, smiling, serving in a ministry. How many churches need Sunday school teachers and ushers and brethren? We got to wake up, man. We got to get in the game. Enough of the, the carrying over the bad habits from when we didn't have options. Now we do. Let's get ourselves into fellowship, man. Okay, you say, Pastor Michael, you've done enough preaching. Here you go. If you want to come to Living Truth on Sunday in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor, we have two morning services, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. 
each Sunday. We have Sunday school. We have a youth group at the second service. The church is located, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, at 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. We'd encourage you to invite friends, family, and I would love to meet you, meet you in the courtyard for a donut and a cup of coffee. Come on out this coming Sunday. We would love to have you. We're going to be celebrating uh, 15 years of living truth, actually, this Sunday. And I'm going to be preaching a message about revival and celebration from Nehemiah. It's going to be an awesome time. And I really want to encourage you to be there. If you've been part of Living Truth at all, um, you know, from a distance or in the past, this would be a wonderful service to come to. We're going to we're going to go back and reminisce with some photos and videos and celebration about what God's done in these last 15 years at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Why don't you join us? Hey, you can get information and direction and directions about the services when you go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab and join us for revival and celebration here at Living Truth Corona. Look forward to seeing you. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter five called Let My People Go. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.